0: Hey guys, it's your boy Eli from The Geek Centurions, and if you've been following some of our stories online, you know I've kind of started doing some experimentation, specifically like comic book recordings, recordings, I'm sorry, comic book uh, recommendations, uh, you know, it's a little by myself today. So, you know, I'm here recommending comics that I feel like should be uh, looked into, you know, reading, you know, if I feel like, you know, there's a lot of comics out there and people don't know which ones to read. So I'm here to give you guys sort of an idea of what to read. Or some recommendations that I feel like these books are like good for you guys to check out. And they're going to be from, like, basically from basically the big two, Marvel, DC. But, you know, I'm trying to, I'll try to get some more indie comics in there from, like, Image, Boom Studios, and all that stuff. And maybe some manga in here. But, uh, yeah, let's get started and let's figure out which ones we want to talk about. So, um... For those of you who haven't seen the story time, you know that's probably like a while back. One of the books that first books that I recommended was Daredevil: The Man Without Fear. So, have you ever seen the Netflix series? The first season, specifically, this is what the show is based off of. This is the the book that basically gave a uh, new meaning to Daredevil's origins. It is written by Frank Miller and John Romina Jr. Jun- drawn by John Romita Jr. Jun- if you don't know who Frank Miller is, he's the guy who basically wrote a lot of movie, a lot of book, comic books that became movies like Sin City, 300. He's written a lot of Batman books. I'm not kidding. There's a lot of Batman books, like Batman Year One, The Dark Knight Returns, like one of the big ones next to The Killing Joke. That's a different book that he didn't write. That was Alan Moore, and we'll get to that book one day. But no, he's also written some Daredevil ones, and this is one of the most well-known Daredevil books that he's written. Written. I'm sorry. You know, uh, stuttering can happen sometimes. And this is actually one of my favorite comics that I've ever read, and it's basically detailing the the origin in a new way, in a new light compared to what you most people commonly know. It's a more darker theme, it introduces more of what you come to know that Daredevil is. It's where everything sort of began for Daredevil. This sort of dark, gritty underbelly is where really where it's been like. Solidified that Kingpin's his enemy. And this book goes into essentially what makes Mad Daredevil everything that has happened to him, you know, from losing his father to training with Stick. And it's just a great read. Uh, the art for John Rubino Jr. is really good. His people are like mixed bag for him, but I really like it, especially because of his cross hatching. So let me see if we can find that right page here. And if you're, He's uh, also going up to the audio. So you might not be able to look at it, but I'm pretty sure if you just type in um, John Romita Jr. Uh, Daredevil, you'll be able to find like a lot of cool art. So here's a good one right here, and it's like it's a two-page spread, but it's kind of like ups. Kind of needed to look down on it, and this is just like an amazing work of art. He's very scratchy. He's very um very kind of very scratchy, but it's kind of his use of colors is really good, and that, the colorist is by a different guy named. Uh, Christy Schnee, I think I said that right. If you're ever watching, I'm apologize. I'm very bad with names sometimes. But no, he's got that sort of scratchy, like, like, like you can tell that this is like, made like this is supposed to be like taken like this is a dark, dark version, like a lot of shading in there. And it's such a good read. I really enjoy it. It's also the introduction of Electra. So if you've seen her in the second season, you know Greg Miller is the one who made her. She became well known in one of the books that involves <laughs> he involves her, uh, especially with the the hand. And this is very much, you know, a comic that that talks about the origin of Daredevil, and it's very detailed in, in a lot of ways. And if you get the trade paperback, which is the one I have right with me right now, kind of shows you uh, Frank Miller's writing process, which is really good. And Frank Miller is a great writer. Well, his writing kind of got. It's not as good as what it used to be, but his old stuff is really good. And one thing I really liked about this is that it sort of captures what we've come to know Daredevil as. And, yeah, like, it's, if you loved the Daredevil, the Netflix series, like I did, this this is one of the things you should read. It's really good. It's really, you know, captures that sort of gritty, dark, underdog feeling of Daredevil, which is one of the things I really love about that character. No matter how much how down in the verse he is, he always comes up back up. Which you can say that for a lot of superheroes, but his is especially because he has no powers. And yeah, and so another book that I talked about during the story to, the story on Instagram was and this is along with Man Without Fear, this is watching one of my favorite comics ever, and that is All-Star Superman. And this is the first issue, is sorry, the little camera. I'm working with the camera here and I'm not used to it. And it's written by Grant Morrison. Who is like a really crazy writer. He likes to come up with a lot of like for, like meta, fourth wall breaking, fifth dimensional beings kind of stuff. He's a really crazy out there writer. But he's really cool. But he's really cool. And he loves like the old school golden age of comics. And he tries to make that in this book. And this is drawn by Frank Whitley. And Frank Whitley, is, these two, I feel like, couple of each other so well. Because they, they capture the sort of essence of Superman. That is really cool. So, like, this is the two-page spread. I'm going with a lot of two-page spread because it captures, like, a lot of what I feel like is the art. And, you know, it's uh, an amazing image of Superman flying into the sun. This is the story. essentially, you know, talking about Superman. He's, uh, after saving the day, and uh, he's been exposed to, like, radiation that doesn't really deal well with him. And so he's kind of, like, basically dying. And before he dies, he wants to make sure that the world is safe. Even without a certain man. So he's going around doing like I I compare it to like the Herc- the Hercules story of like his twelve labors. The twelve labors of Hercules. So like he's always doing every issue is like doing something. It's kinda of funny because it's twelve issues. <laughs> so he's always doing something about trying to say the you know, leaving the world a better place. And Lex Luthor, he's in this and he's like conniving. He's like he's coming he's up with something, man, something you don't really know, but when it comes out like, oh Lex man, that is that is genius. And this is and Grant Morrison really captures everything that I love about uh Superman, which is like this sort of sense of hope. Um sense of hope. You know, everything's gonna be okay. You'll only just put your trust in Superman, he'll say he'll always be there. you need to know the right thing to do, always be able to save the day. And yeah, it's just so much you know, love for the character. And like I said, if Grant Morrison is a fan of the Golden Age of Comics. If you don't know what the Golden Age of Comics is, that's like way back during like like uh, 40s. I'm probably getting the, the the years wrong, but it's way back in the early days of comics where it was a lot of like hopeful, um, fun, crazy stuff like Superman could just sneeze planets away out of the solar system kind of stuff. Yeah, that actually happened. Just look it up. And it's kind of like that weird fun stuff. And Grant Morrison captures that in his book. And it's so good. I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite books. And there's a lot of moments that I feel really captures what makes Superman Superman. So that I feel like the movies, the recent movies, not the Christopher Reeves, those are great. First two. I don't talk about the other ones. And that captures so much that I feel like the these recent movies have now captured. That makes uh, me such a huge Superman fan. And for those of you guys who've never really liked Superman, I really recommend this book. It basically captures everything that makes him like one of the best superheroes ever, and why he's, like, the definitive superhero. Yeah, and so, like, those are the two books that I talked about, but I also got more books that I feel like, you know, that should be checked out. And like I said, these are mostly more one DC books, but come on, guys. this are the big... Those are the, There's a reason why they're the big two. And, yeah, so this next one is just to go along with, like, our Superman talk. Um, So, quick notion. A lot of people try to copy Superman. Like, I'm talking Marvel has done it, Image has done it, and, like, you can look at any sort of company that try to go into superhero comics, they always kind of take that Superman template and either just copy it or do something really weird with it. And, like, Marvel has done, like, at least, to my knowledge, at least, like, three different kinds of Supermans, aside from DC doing, like, multiple Earth versions of Superman kind of stuff. So... The three that I'm thinking about off the top, because we're talking about... This is a Marvel book, and so it only totally makes sense that I'm talking about Marvel's, like, attempt to make Superman. So the first one was uh, Hyperion, which is part of the Squadron Supreme. And he's he's basically, like, cardboard cutout Superman. He's a little... He's basically... He's kind of, like, evil in some aspects, but he's kind of a good guy. Um, I wouldn't say anti here, because it always depends on the writer. And most of the times, I've seen the writer kind of write him as a bad guy. Yeah, because like I'm so for example, I'm reading the and I'll talk about this soon, uh, probably in another video where it's centered around the, the this is the current Avengers written by Jason Aaron, which has She Hulk, the you know the the Marvel Trinity, which is Thor, Iron Man, and Cap. Uh, Captain Marvel was in it, and (laughs) Captain Marvel was really great in this book. Robbie Reyes, Ghostwriter, who I really want to talk about one day, because he's like one of my, he's one of the newest ghostwriters, and he's one of my favorite ghostwriters. Along with that, uh, Black Panthers in it. Uh, They just recently added Blade, which is like what Blade? Blade? Like you will never see Blade in the Avengers, because he's so like out there, but Jason Aaron makes it works, so I'm like really glad he did that. But I know that's Hyperion is in that book. He's kind of like a bad guy with his little wannabe co- carbon copy of Justice League. <laughs> Again, I'll get to that one day. Uh, and then there's Blue Marvel, who's like a recent one. Uh, he's kind of like a African American Superman who can just do anything in space. Like he's 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 pretty cool. I don't remember much about him. I read him when he was in like a team up run or kind of stuff like that. But he seems like a pretty cool character. I want really want to check him out. But the character that I really enjoyed reading, and the character that I'm about to talk about right now is the Sentry. So I'm gonna be talking about the recent run that was came out, like in like last year in 2018. Uh man, this is showing its date. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh no, so Sentry is like take Superman at a bit of like schizophrenia slash multiple personality si- syndrome and that's your superman that's the sentry and like this is one of the most interesting like aspects of Superman and I think like the take take on the Superman idea. Because nowadays you always see like some sort of dark interpretation. You know you got like the injustice Superman you have um can't really remember the name of that one character uh, you know, Invincible have one, like, too. It, check out Invincible is really good, too. And uh, for all you uh, Amazon Prime watchers who have been watching The Boys, Homelander's is a big example. Of that Brightburn was another one. Like, there's always these sort of, like, dark interpretations of Superman. This is probably one of the most interesting one where he's a good guy. But there's, like, some stuff about him that, you know, would, would be really interesting. So, quick intro to who Sentry is, because he's one of my favorite characters as well, is that... Um, He's a superhero who has multiple personality syndrome who got, like, Superman powers through soldier serum kind of stuff. Basically, like, add, add like, the origin of, like, Captain America. Instead of and instead of making him Captain America, you turn him into Superman. That's kind of, like, that crazy. And he threw some stuff that I'm not going to go into because I really recommend you guys read the, the original Marvel Knights book that came out in, like, the 90s or 2000 uh, by Paul Jenkins and Jane Lee, who was the artist who basically gives you the origins of the century, but essentially he was this hero that was part of the Marvel universe that everyone just sort of forgot because he had that ability because the more people remember him, the more problems that caused the more people that, the more, the more powerful he was, the more problems that caused so he made everyone forget, including himself so he's been living a normal life, and, like, no one's been bothering him unless he has, like, ELS, something has causes him to come back to make sure that people remember him. And one of those things that made people, reason why he made people forget is because there was this character named The Void who, like, essentially causes a lot of problems, and he's really close connected to the Sentry. So The Void is, like, if you do all the good you do, I'm gonna do equally as bad kind of stuff. And so um, the only way Century was able to do it was a big thing, and it caused a lot of people to forget. And I'm not gonna go into more of it because I really recommend you guys to read it. I really wanted to talk about it. But I'm like, no, you guys gotta read it. It's really great. Uh, century by Paul Jenkins Jayley. It's it's really good. I really recommend it. It's one of my favorite books. Got me into reading the century the century and yeah, so he's been this character who... I mean, he was created like in the, it, like in the, in the late 90s or 2000s, but the way they've written him, is they made him seem like he's always been part of the Marvel Universe. And it's really interesting to see how um, all that relates. Like, the Hulk was his best friend. Uh, he was really close to Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards. He inspired Spider-Man and all that cool stuff. But essentially, the book that I'm talking about is, most, is his most recent run. And that is this book right here, The Century. Uh, And this is written by uh, Jeff Lemire. And the artist is kind of Kim Jacinto and Joshua Cesar. So essentially in this book, The Century, whose real name is Robert Reynolds, is kind of trying to live a normal life. He's like a a cook at a diner with his buddy, uh, Bob. No, Bob is the other guy. I'm sorry. It's been a while since I read this book. And I can't really... um, Billy, his name is Billy. <laughs> it's right here in front of me. I'm so blind. I'm sorry. Uh, but no, Billy is a sidekick, and you know a lot of stuff happens. But essentially, you know, he's trying to live a normal life, but he can't keep that sort of. And this is where I mean he's he has multiple personality sit, uh, situation, because Robert Reynolds is the normal guy. The Sentry is a split personality, and that split personality wants out. He wants a he that he wants to do out there and do some stuff. So, in the book, he they find a way for them to live in an equal sense. Like, Robert Reynolds is doing his day job and all that stuff, but at night... Um, and he's not going out there. He's doing some so weird technology stuff with like Tony Stark and all that crazy stuff in which Sentry gets to live out his uh, fantasy, which is saving the world without causing any more harm, causing the void to come out. So... That's sort of the from the first issue. But as the story goes on, stuff starts happening, schizophrenia comes in, the object that he needs in order to make sure the sentry is kept at bay. And making also making sure that the void is at bay is gone. It's disappears and now Rob Reynolds is freaking out. It's this whole time chase kind of thing, like, you know, running against time to make sure like the like sentry doesn't do what he has to do, the boy doesn't come in, come out. And it's a really crazy read. And the art by John, Kim Jacinto and Joshua Cesar really captures that sort of like craziness of like the situation. And like you'll see other characters like The Avengers, um, Hulk and all that stuff. And you know, this artist sort of really captures that like, sort of intensity. Like I'm trying to find a specific page, like this is a page where like everything just Goes to hell, like holy crap! Everything just gets well, and I, I mean, I love the art, but there are moments where I'm be honest, like I love the art, but there's moments where like, eh, you know Rachel wouldn't have been so bad, but so like here's like this crazy image that tells you how crazy it's getting, like Sentry, Robert Reynolds, and some other thing, and there's like causing some kind of real crazy thing happening, merging and stuff, and it's so detailed and so crazy. And it's so fun. It's 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 great art. But then there are moments in the art where I'm like, yeah, that that could have been drawn a lot better. And I'm trying to find a good example of that because it's usually the faces. The faces are feel so weird. So like here, here's a picture of Tony Stark. And if you are if you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, you know, you always you your audio listeners. Uh, check out this is the fourth issue if you want a good example of it. But you know, that's like so he Stark looks <laughs> so he looks kinda of like um, there's um Robert, there's an actor who looks he's looking like that's not it's not Robert Downey Jr. It's someone else. But no, the century is a really great book, it's a really awesome book. I really recommend it. It's a five-ish miniseries, so you'll be done within like a day or two. And it's so much fun. And yeah. <laughs> so you know that was a that was a DC that was a Marvel book, so I think it's only time for us to talk about a DC book. So the next DC, this is DC book I have. It's kind of like another Superman thing, but it's also a Batman thing. So um, in recent years, Batman and Superman, you know, they have kids. Batman has Damian Wayne uh, with a relationship with Talia Al Ghul, daughter of Rachel Ghul. And if you don't know who those are, just Basically, watched the first Batman Begins and Darn Night R- Rises. The, Liam Neeson's character and that one chick that was kind of there that died that was partnered with Vane. That's Talia O'Gle. Imagine they had a kid. And essentially, think of all that smartness that uh, the Shadows um, have with like Batman's... Well, like, more like the characters of those characters, but it looks like Batman's uh, coolness. And... Superman and Lois Lane have a son named Jonathan Kent. He is the new Superboy, and he is so much fun. I really love that character. And the one thing and this book that I'm talking about is the adventures of the Super Sons. So in this book, this is the second run of of, uh, another Super Sons run. And this this book is just as good as the first one. I still recommend you guys read the first one. They're both written by uh, Tomasi... uh, uh, it's uh, Tomasi, who's Pinja Tomasi and it's a uh, rent drawn by Carlos Barberi. And yeah, it's some it's very detailed art. It's very actiony. You know when I was uh, I was surprised how much action packed this book was. But one of the things I really recommend for people to check out about this book is sort of the relationship between uh, Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne. It's really like um the best way I can probably put it is like that one kid who um he's he's like the good kid who, like you know Oh, sure thing, Uh, School teacher, He's an apple. And Damien's like that stuck-up kid who, like, always gets A's and, like, always gets into trouble. And, like, it's, like, that weird, like, um, conversation. Like, Jonathan's, like, the simple kid. And Damien's, like, this overly smart kid. And, like, they somehow work together. Like, there's a moment, like, in the book where... Like they're both at school. John, it's last day, summer vacation, and John and school bell rings, and his, John is like, "Yeah, school's over." Kind of stuff. And like, Damien's having a talk with his professor, with his teacher, saying, "Yeah, I just gave you a 120-page uh, that 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 homework that, uh, that he told me to do. That's like five pages. Yeah, actually 120 pages. Good luck with that." And that's how Damien is. It's and like it's the dynamic is so much fun, and and Damien like you know Jonathan's out there running, and I found the page really. It's like Jonathan's out there running, having fun. That's that's Jonathan over there. He's out there having fun, and Damien is like just having like a nonchalant talk about uh, his paper to his to his teacher, saying. You know, I'm pretty sure I got an A already. I'm just like gonna give you this, and it, it's it's written. It, they said it in the book. It's like a college page, college uh, paper, and I'm like, dude, you don't gotta do that. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of stuff like that in this book. It's like this sort of fun interaction. Be it they still have these like fun adventures where they go out, beat like, you know, bad guys and learn things. And yeah, honestly, it's the real dynamic between these two characters is so much fun. And the art, again, is so good. It's very action-packed. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's so, so, so good. Like, look at, like, this is one page where Jonathan catches a car. The way that those are angled and all that stuff. Everything's so cool. It's really a very fun read. And I think that's what you need to do with the with the story. Like, just make it just fun. And, you know, it's, it's centered around... The story center around like you know Jonathan and Damien having a summer vacation. That you know, being kids of superheroes, you know that's never really the case. So essentially, they have to go into this intergalactic battle. Somehow, they got themselves into intergalactic battle with like the kid Doom, like um, like the kids in Justice League kind of stuff. Like um, it's it's really funny for for whatever reason. Somehow, in this iteration, everyone has a kid. Like, Joker has a kid. Lex Luther has a kid. Deadshot has a kid. I'm like, what? So it's kind of like a... It's going to reveal that later on. Some reality warping kind of stuff. Alternate stuff. Alternate universe hopping. Kind of stuff. But it's a really fun read. And I really recommend it. Because it's... It, it, it captures... If you ever liked Superman and Batman like whenever they team up. Which is something I really want to see more out there. Which we are, thank God. And it's sort of that, that, that like, you know, you get dads hanging out. Now you get the kids doing stuff, and it's a lot more fun. It's like, not the more not as serious as say when Superman, and Batman get together, but it's so much more entertaining. And super, fun, it's, the adventure of the Super Sons, it's really fun. Um, I haven't finished most of the issues. It's kind of been in my back catalog, but whenever I get to it, you know, know I'm not gonna have a fun time because I'm, I'm like I have the first four issues and I'm enjoying it. It's a 12 issue miniseries. It's already kind of over, but I'm, I'm going to get on it. You know, I already know I'm going to have fun. Everyone's been talking and telling me, like, dude, you got to get on this book. It's so much fun. It's so cool. And I'm like, ah, don't tell me more, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I got a couple more comics, but. Um, well, actually, I just got one. Yeah. It's going to be like mostly a 30 minute episode, but, you know. um. I don't mind talking more. If I have more comics to talk about, I've got a lot more. I got a good collection over there. But uh, you know. <laughs> and I really would like to talk more about this, but you know, we gotta we gotta get to it. So the next book is uh So this series just recently finished like a couple weeks ago. At the time of this recording a couple weeks ago. And I think this is one of the best examples of like if you have a hard time getting into comics, I think this is one of the best examples for you to read. So to give you a notion of how things are. So one of the things that people have a hard time reading, getting into comics is like the whole continuity thing. Uh, you know, do I have to read all this kind of stuff in order to get what's going on? And do I need to get into like this whole like um what's the word I'm looking for? I'm probably hearing some stuff in the background. It's because I have no noise canceled I'm doing this at home now. It's because uh, it's experimental. But uh, no um. Uh, yeah so this so you know one thing about comics is that you know it's, you have a character that's like spider-man has been going on for like since the 60s 70s and yet he's like oh yet all the way here you know yet all the way till now he's still kind of like out well he's not longer a high schooler but he's like out of college he's got a job and stuff you know he's got a relationship with Mary and jane but he's never really shown like progressive age which i feel like that's a uh, it's always weird because, like, you you read an old issue of, say, Spider Man or Superman or whatever. You see them using like the technology at the time, and then all of a sudden, like, you either realize someone like, oh, I'm still like 27 years old and I jumped from like a flip phone to a iPod or iPhone or whatever. And yeah, I'm still 27. Like, th- those 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 are decades in between, and you you know progress because I I was a kid when like I was like a teenager or some whatever. I don't remember how old That was. A, I feel like that was a long time ago, flip phones. But no, that's my example. So, you know, they never really progress in age. So, until recently. Um, this is like a mini-series. It's in its own world. It's own little thing going on. And this is written by Chips of Dart, And this book is called Spider-Man Life Story. And essentially, this book is a, is taking that character of Spider-Man and progressing him throughout the ages, throughout the decades. So, one book would be sent around the 60s, then the next book would be the 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way to current, all the way to 2000, the 2010s kind of stuff. And you see him progressively age and, like, how you know, he's grown. And they kind of redo like, famous storylines throughout the decades in, like, their own little weird way. And the writer for this one is Chip Zdarsky with art by Mark Bagley. And it's... Chips Adarsky has been killing it recently, and at the time of this recording, with Spider-Man stories, he's done the Spectacular Spider-Man, um, and he's done this, and I think he's right now. Right now, he's also writing Daredevil, and I really need to get on that Daredevil. been tell me, I've been like asleep for that one. But on um, this book, essentially, you know, it takes Spider-Man and just ages him up. He goes through all these like important events. You see him grow up, and him go through some major changes. And, like, so the first book, essentially, this one right here that I have, is in the 60s. And you see, like, the helicopters on the cover. So that kind of, again, to the audio listeners, uh, the cover is essentially, like, Spider-Man swinging on a helicopter. Because around the 60s, was Vietnam. And there's this whole issue with Vietnam. And you see how, and you kind of get the reflection of what happened in that time. Real world and all this stuff into, like, current, into, like, what's going on around Spider-Man's life. You know, in this book... Uh, good old Flash Thompson is, like, going off to war, Army Man, and, you know, you get that sort of, you know, at the time, like, there's this whole like, you know, we shouldn't go to Vietnam, we shouldn't go to Vietnam. You get that, and it sort of, like, tells you, like, big important stuff that happened around that time, that decade, and also giving you, like, this sort of emotional story about Spider-Man because essentially, because you never see that in comics anymore, of where a character would just progress in age they always kind of stagnate, you know. Spider-Man, he's no longer a high schooler. He's an adult. But you never see him, like, grow old, have kids kind of stuff. There's a reason for that, but I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But um, this book essentially captures what I've always liked about... um, One of the things I liked about Spider-Man, which is, like, you know, he's always got, got this sort of headstrong thing, and always willing to do something for the greater good. And, you know, time progresses. People naturally die. Like, there's a point where Aunt May just naturally goes away. She kicks the bucket. <laughs> Bites the big burrito, if you say. And, you know, Peter Parker reacts to that. You never, you, to this day, I don't know how Aunt May is still alive, but she's still alive, somehow. I don't know why. That woman is, if we went into, like, normal, of this, if, if the current comics, current mainline story of, of, like, Marvel went around, like, the same way as this book, <laughs> that woman would be nearly old, 200 years old, probably even more. I'm probably underestimating that woman's age, but no, it's it's a really great story. It captures sort of like this sort of timey thing that made Spider-Man so great, and see him progress through the ages that we'll probably never see in the in like modern day in the modern timeline of uh, the Marvel Marvel books. It's really refreshing and sort of giving you a new light of the character. And the art is sort of captures that sort of greatness of the period and it keeps going. So like, you know, this is a Peter Parker with like his aunt May having like little dinner and stuff. It captures that sort of look. And it's interesting to see progression of that, of this character, you know, so for example, like miles eventually shows up and, you know, miles was recently created like in the mid two thousands and, you know, when we eventually get to the midst of Thousands Peters and like an old like an old man he's like has kids they're all like they're all teenagers and then Miles comes up out uh, comes out and he's like there yeah. and it's like so it's it's really interesting to see K- Peter Parker and everyone around him just naturally age and sort of this really weird like spin on like these classic stories that sort of help progress help like go through the ages so like they do a clone saga thing and a lot of people really don't like clone saga I, I never really got into it either you know clone was were like um, Peter Parker was cloned repeatedly and you, you had this whole oh, he's Spider-Man no no he's Spider-Man I don't know who Spider-Man is kind of stuff going on But you know this book captures like that whole um I, you know it, it redoes that story in a way that makes sense in a way that you know it will work on in the years later because like you know editorial will always come in you know, rewrite stuff, stuff, and here Chip Zdarsky has a chance to like, in- integrate those stories into something like, that would flow in like, if this was a natural time position. And it's a really great read. Um There's a reason why every time it came out, I wouldn't run to my comic book shop and just go and pick it up, because it was such a fun read. And uh, yeah, I-, I don't know what else I can say, just like, go out and read Spider-Man Live story. Um, if the tray comes out, I recommend it because it's such a fun book, and the covers are amazing too. Um, I have, I know I have the rest of them somewhere in this room. Uh, here we are. So like, I have like almost uh, when they came out, I got them because I was like, you know, this is gonna be a fun read, and I was right. It was a fun read. And I'm just missing one. <laughs> here it is. And each cover, um, this is for the YouTubers, and also I'm gonna. Basically explain it to all your listeners, because this is one of my favorite books right now, is, um you know, the covers, you know, the first one this in the, this Spider-Man After Life, uh, Life Story, and it's called In the 60s, because as you know, said, so in the 60s, it's like Spider-Man hanging off from a helicopter for Vietnam, then there's the 70s, where, like, Spider-Man holding on to, like, a disco globe, <laughs> like, that's the shape of the Halloween thing. Uh, let me just take it off the cover real quick. Yeah, you know this is recording. <laughs> Like, where he just uh, takes it out... Like, you know, it's Spider Man, but he's like dangling a big crystal ball. Like, this goes because the 70s. But it's like the disco is shaped as uh, the pumpkin from the Green Goblin that he always throws at people. And then there's uh, the 80s, which is like the whole Cold War. And Spider Man, like, in his black costume. Because around this time, Secret Wars is going on. This is the origin of the black costume, which would you no know, be the Venom suit, is in a casket because essentially. In relation to uh, Craven's Last Hunt, which is a very well-received uh, book, one of the most famous Spider-Man books, which I also recommend to read out there. Uh, I don't have an army belt that I've read it, but it's really good. Yeah, the '80s, and then you have the '90s, and like the '90s, like honestly, I don't know where I can relate like, this. This like Spider-Man climbing up a building with like a cracked window. Um, yeah, I have no way to relate that to actual thing that happened and then there's the in the 2000s and of course we all know what happened in the early 2000s um uh, yeah 9-11 so this one's really interesting because essentially it's spider-man trapped inside like the american flag well it's supposed to be the american flag which is got the on one side but you know that's there's this clear imagery of like down a lot like the twin towers kind of stuff in there you have two red two very noticeable red stripes on the cover, which are like pretty obviously, we don't know what that is, which is weird because I think this book doesn't. This book talks about it a bit, but never, you know, it talks about one of the big things that happened around 2000 involving Spider-Man, which is the Civil War storyline where um, he revealed himself to the entire world. So yeah, and then there's Thousand the last one, which is really good too. And uh, for the for you audio listeners, it's just mostly like um. It's a black cover with Spider-Man's outfit, like, kind of just laying there. It's kind of, like, no one's in there, just the costume on the floor. Um, there's a reason for that, and you, when you get to it, it all makes sense. But this is a really fun read. All the books I've recommended, I wouldn't recommend a book if I didn't find it enjoyable. Like, if I were to recommend a book that I didn't enjoy, I don't know why would I recommend it. It's really stupid. But I, I want, I'd want rather recommend books that I've read that I really enjoyed. But I feel like, you know, you should check this book out. It's so amazing. It's so good. Or it's like, you know, check out this book. It's really good. It's, it's, it's you know, it couldn't be, it's not the greatest, but it's like, it's a fun read. Because I feel like that's what a lot of people kind of need when it comes to comics, know which one they want to read and, like, just, just sort of be entertained. There's a lot of people who uh, feel differently in what they find as entertainment. So I'm just giving people the, what I feel is entertaining. And uh, you might disagree with me. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Just don't be an asshole about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, I think that's all I got today. But, you know, these books are a lot of fun, and I want to... I originally did this as a story for... I was thinking about just doing this as a story for Insta. stuff. But uh, someone recommended me, like, it'd probably be better if I just did it as a video. And there I just got the idea to just do it as an audio. And then just part of, like, the geek concern in general. And it's in a little bit on the short side, but it's... I really... This is really fun for me. And this is what I've always wanted to do with the end of the Geek Centurions. And nothing wrong. The tops of Kelvin are awesome. And, yeah. I'm kind of mumbling at this point. <laughs> but, no. Um, that's all I... Ha- that's what I got for this week. This is gonna, I'm going to try to make this a weekly thing. I'm going to try. I re- I'm really going to try. Because I really have a lot of books on me. I might not have them on me right now. But I have a lot of books that I feel like a lot of people should check out. So, Yeah. And you know, I guess this is the end of it. So, as I usually always say, you can always check us out. on uh, So, you know, this has been my comic recommendation of this week of September 20th of 2019. Uh, That's today's date, by the way. So it's probably like oh, I'm really bad at this. Oh, I'll get, I'll get better. Don't worry. That uh, yeah, those are comics recommendations for today for this week. And you can check us out. This is Eli, part of the Geeks Centurions, where you can check us out on CastBox, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and hopefully Pandora? I'm so waiting on that. Maybe... If you can't find us, I'm sorry, but you know, we have the other places. iTunes, CastBox, and all that good stuff. But yeah, until then, this has been Eli from the Geeks Centurions. Hang